the millennials, the Gen X, the Gen, every generation is in the workplace now, it seems. And what works for my generation, as far as attracting talent, doesn't work for a, an 18, 19, 20 year old today. Absolutely. Very different. And so I, I think that's the biggest challenge is figuring out how you can take your employer brand, all your messaging and attract everybody that you need to. Hi, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Hacking HR podcast. Our endeavor has always been to bring you the most hot topics that are there in the market right now in the HR fraternity and also the most uh, least discussed topics uh, in the HR fraternity, but yet to be spoken about and discussed about and brought widely to the group to understand and see how they can leverage the learnings back in their organizations. We are today with Jeff, uh, yet another guest with us in the podcast recording room. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for joining us for a Hello. Hacking HR podcast. Hello. Thank you very much. Great. Jeff comes with more than two decades of experience in global talent acquisition uh, leadership, and he has done wide work across varied industries in leadership hiring and talent uh, attraction and retention. Uh, Jeff, I think it's the right time for us to have this conversation about uh, how we've seen organizations changing their work models. Um, there was a point of time three years back when organizations said that we are not finding the right talent. The definition of right talent is still ambiguous to each organization and leadership pipeline. But at the same time, uh, I think the market still echoes now that the world has opened up its boundaries. Um, there is more talent available than what it was uh, unlike two years back. Um, what do you see and sense uh, for the talent leaders uh, in terms of bridging the gap of finding that right talent for their organizations? Yeah, I, I, we, we all face that every day, I think, these days. It's, it's very difficult to find that, that right talent. Um, I, I think for, for us at Atento, um, we have had to adapt and figure out how we go to them as opposed to waiting for people to come to us. And that's a cultural change. Um, it's uh, finding people where they are. And, and that may sound broad, but it really is figuring out the millennials, the Gen X, the Gen, every generation is in the workplace now, it seems. And what works for my generation, as far as attracting talent, doesn't work for a, an 18, 19, 20 year old today. Absolutely. Very different. And so I, I think that's the biggest challenge is figuring out how you can take your employer brand, all your messaging and attract everybody that you need to. Um, and we've done it through uh, looking at things like expanding our partnerships around the world um, that can help fill our funnel, tapping into talent that may not always get looked at, um, the people that have disabilities, uh, uh, formerly are incarcerated. Um, there's just a whole a bunch of, of different groups that you know, may not be what everybody thinks of immediately. So we're really focused on uncovering new talent. And then the last thing is 
we don't always find what we need. So how do we take what's available in the market? And I partner very closely with our training and learning and development teams to mold a candidate into being the right fit. Uh, so we've had to, that, that's a big, big change for us is having, being able to find the behaviors that we need and then teach them the other parts. Very, very interesting, uh, Jeff, because there are very few organizations who've taken the path that you just shared about, uh, partnering with the L&D group internally and then actually molding people to become that right talent that the organization is looking for. So to build further on this, as you rightly said, the multi-generational workforce, molding the talent from culture standpoint, uh, when you talk about employer branding, what are some of the key elements that the talent leadership can look for while going out there in the market and, and trying to get people on board, um, agnostic of their age, experience, um, uh, of, their, of their ethnicity, et cetera. So from the diversity standpoint as well. So I would love to hear some uh, thoughts on, on that front from you. Yeah, and I think for me, culture is the differentiator now because everybody's paying similar, um, you know, higher than we're used to, but everybody's kind of on the same level. So it's it's not pay anymore that's, that's driving people to leave roles or join companies. It's what they're seeing that each company demonstrates. And, and I, I say, we may all have good intentions and say, hey, we're, we're inclusive. Um, we've got this, this, and this within our organization, but people have to see it. So using social media to highlight, spotlight a lot of the activities and things within our company, spotlighting people within the organization and their, their path and their career journey is, um, is really important to, to us and, and has shown huge improvements in uh, uh, retaining people um, because one, it kind of motivates if you're spotlighted, you feel very special. And, um, and then on the, the flip side, potential candidates see that and they're like, oh, that sounds like a fun place to work. Look at this person's career. So um, definitely utilizing uh, your, your social media. And then also your leadership team. Um, I, I spend a lot of time uh, partnering and coaching with uh, the other leaders within the organization on the importance of diversity, the importance of, of demonstrating the values, showing the values that, that our company possesses so that uh, a potential candidate sees it immediately. And, and that's what makes us different and makes me being able to fill positions much easier than uh, than some of our competitors. So, super. So, so Jeff, from global uh, talent attraction strategy standpoint, um, what are some of the factors that you bring on the table for the leadership to have a buy-in um, and and have an influence on them to buy uh, to to buy into the strategy that you are proposing, and also to ensure that it it leads to a successful journey in the long term, and not something which is viewed as a short-term strategy and then criticized over a period of time? Yeah, I, I think it's it's absolutely important for us as HR leaders to be seen and respected as a trusted advisor. And you have to pay your dues for a little bit within your organization and demonstrate that you are that person for them. Once you've done that, I think the rest is easy. It's easy to talk about, hey, here's the data. That That's the second part is 
you have to have good data in order to sell what you're trying to sell. So I always partner with our data analytics team to get data that supports what I'm trying to do because I'm, I have to speak the language of the business and they're all about numbers and money. And so, you know, there are new initiatives that I, I've proposed to help attract talent. And I always know if I'm going to propose something that's going to cost money, I have to have the data to support why and prove the savings that will come as a result. So um, the other part to that is, I think it's important for us as HR leaders to have allies within the organization. Maybe it's the, the chief financial person within your team, your organization. Maybe it's the data person in your organization. We, in HR, I don't think we're experts in some of those areas sometimes. And so it's really important to have those other partners that can help us uh, lead and, and make the right decisions. Um, so yeah, I think those would be the two, two biggest. Amazing. And I love the fact that you highlighted that we need allies as HR leaders as well in the organization, perhaps to get sponsors and influencers who could widely cascade what we are trying to achieve from the overall strategy. Given that as the background, uh, it, it makes me wonder, and I'm sure you'll be able to bring in some good use case studies to this as well. When it comes to finding your allies and it, when it comes to finding the influencers in the organization who could sponsor your strategy and your work, um, what are some of the challenges that you see in this journey for the HR leaders, uh, which they can manage in a way which is a win-win situation for both, uh, both, both parties? Yeah, um, time would be the, the biggest barrier, I think. We're all busy. All of our partners and our companies are busy. I think we've all learned that we're doing more and more um, since the pandemic, it feels like anyway. And so finding time to build those relationships with your allies is probably the hardest thing. Um, you know, as, as senior leaders within the company, we're pulled a lot of different directions. So it's, it's absolutely critical to find ways to create that, whether it's if you're at a business meeting, squeezing in an hour after for coffee or, or wine or whatever it might be to just chat and, um, and, and build that, that solid relationship. Um, I think the other piece is, um, I'm trying to figure out the best word. So with, within every organization, um, there are key people that, that you need to have on your side and figuring out quickly how to identify who those people are. For me, it's always somebody in finance. I always want somebody in finance that can help me with uh, evaluating, budgeting, all of those things, um, getting approvals uh, processed quickly and my employees' reimbursements for expenses and things like that paid. That's a critical piece and um, is sometimes challenging to be able to, to bridge that gap. Um, yeah, I think that those are the, the two biggest ones is, is uh, you know, timing um, and then... Uh, Sorry. So, um, so Jeff, uh, interestingly, um, 
we spoke about the multi-generational workforce in the beginning at the beginning and we also spoke about the culture elements and the diversity elements um there have been a lot of practices in the past uh, that organizations have taken to widen their network of talent attraction it could be the veteran hiring it could be the consultant hiring it could be gig consulting moonlighting and whole host of variety of stuff that they keep coming up with uh, in, in terms of uh, ensuring that the business impact is lesser with the delay in the hiring uh, targets to be met. Uh, given that as the background, what are some of the new innovative practices that you have been experiencing in last six months, uh, to be fair, um, and how those practices are helping evolve organizations in their talent strategy? Yeah, um, so partnerships have been a, a key component and finding not only partners that can help fill our pipeline, but partners that align with us culturally as well. And I'll give an example and, and hopefully all of you will, will go out and look up this organization because they do amazing things. It's, it's a group called TENT, T-E-N-T, and they help work to place refugees across or not just place, but support refugees from various countries. And we've found it very helpful um, to partner with them for uh, refugees from Venezuela, Ukraine, um, Guatemala, and many others that are out there. Um, so those are the kinds of, the cultural alignment has been really important for us. We're, we're big about sustainability, our, our environment, being good citizens of our communities. And that, that supports that goal within our, our structure. So. I think that's one of the, the biggest ones. And then changing the way we do things. Um, I've, our team has spent a lot of time um, game of, uh, gamifying things. I don't know if that's the right word, but gamification is, is absolutely yep. critical yep. to um, training modules, how we train people. And then on the front end, how we attract talent. We're, we're having to be more creative with uh, using TikTok now, which I never thought you would see, but we're using TikTok. We're looking at things like um, the, the gaming platform Stitch and, and others. So um, I think there's a lot that we can do to start attracting those different audiences and not forgetting organizations like AARP that are great partners that support the, the older generations. So finding that mix of partners that can help your, your organization succeed and that support your company's vision. Awesome. Um, since we're inching close to the uh, end of the podcast, my last question for you, uh, your advice to the leadership um, and the talent leaders in terms of how they can continue to make improvements and also have an agile strategy uh, to adapt to the changes in the environment uh, to ensure that the talent pool um, and, and the talent in the organization stays uh, up to date, retained, and of course, they're able to attract the talent as well as and when required. Yeah, uh, it's, it's absolutely critical that we have a pulse on what's happening, where, where we are and in our industries. So uh, not only having the, the HR skills, the recruiting skills, but having the business skills within our industries um, that, that's probably been a game changer for me and, and helped me because the more that I can speak their language in the organization, the, the more beneficial it is. Um, but, uh, you know, not only, not only that, but um, things like this podcast where 
we're constantly learning and keeping a, a pulse check on what's happening in our industry or in, in our field um, is, is absolutely important. I, I, firm, I believe in attending as many webinars as I can to learn, hear what other people are doing, maybe find ideas to steal. Um, and, and, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, I think that's, that's the biggest form of a compliment is if somebody else sees something you're doing and they're like, oh yeah. Um, so it, finding new things and then conferences and those kinds of, whether they're virtual or in person, um, those would be the two biggest. Uh, and, and then, you know, with the pandemic, um, I, I don't, I think we all wish we were done, but I don't think we're quite done. And so being understanding if, if you've got multi sites across the world, what's happening in the US may not be happening in South America. And yep. so recognizing those differences around the, the world um, is, is another a, a huge piece because, you know, in, as an example, in the US, I've seen many companies get rid of the mask requirement. However, there are countries that still have very high uh, case rates and masks are still needed. And if you're not aware of that, you may say, oh, no more masks at our company, but it's protecting people here, here and here, so. Totally with you. Thank you, Jeff. Very interesting, insightful conversation that we had today. Thank you to our viewers and listeners who tuned in to listen to this Hacking HR podcast. Signing off again until we get you the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong. And we will see you soon.